Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the uh, Truth Frequency Radio ne- Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge, and uh, pardon me, I'm just doing a little typing here while I'm talking, and I don't do that very well at the same time. But anyway, this program is Thursday, November 4th, 2021, and we're dealing with some technical issues at the studio and the network and uh, kind of fumbling around with things, trying to get into chat right now. But so far, I'm kind of dead in the water on that. But uh, I do have my call board up, which looks good. And uh, I'm just checking to see, I'm going back and forth with Chris, the owner of the network, and seeing what's going on here. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Okay, let's try this. (laughs) Hmm, not seeing that on my main screen. All I have is just the click to join chat, and I click join, and nothing happens. So I'm not sure where we're at there. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to, to uh, treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to uh, be, uh, eh, sorry about that, getting sidetracked with too many things, <laughs> proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give your bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website on your, at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, just hit the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of sending an email or calling and leaving a message. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and check the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. Got over 650 shows up there, and they're all uh, annotated as to what we talked about and that kind of thing. And they're also shareable via email or social media. And we encourage you to do that so other people can uh, find out the truth and get some information and all that good stuff. So have fun with that. If you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when we're on, and how you listen. 
And at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. And that's where most of the stuff takes place now because Telegram doesn't uh, censor like Facebook does. And uh, everything I put up stays up. So uh, have fun with that and uh, just enjoy. Uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. And nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence so that you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483. Again, 833-837-5483 or 833-TFR-LIVE. So that's it for the uh, housekeeping stuff, I guess you could say. And um, we're just going to clean some screen here (laughs) and get to where I can see things. And we will sally forth. Um, just looking to see if there have been any other messages come through here real quick. And uh, the, hey, look at that. I think it's connecting. There we go. I'm into chat. Apparently, there was a, only a small portion of the join button that was actively a live link. And I found it. And now I'm in. So, Chris, you don't have to dig any further. Looks like we are cooking with gas. <laughs> And let's see, we've got, oh, there's got some folks in the chat room. Good morning, Alan, and divine chick character and confident person. Glad you're all there, and Sophia, the bot. <laughs> but uh, glad everybody's there. And it uh, looks like we are, even though we're on a, a kind of a backup system at this point, everything seems to be working just fine. And uh, just wanted to cover some things that are becoming more and more necessary to cover in this day and age, and that would be the topic of religious exemptions for these COVID-19 bioweapons that they are referring to as vaccines. And, uh, ah, interesting. Let's see here. I'm going to check something else here real quick and see what we get. Do, 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 do. Ah, look at that. Get it all on one page. And bingo. Looks like I got everything working in one spot. Oops, where'd we go? That's weird. Oh, live show, maybe? Ah, there we are. And <laughs> sorry for all the confusion. That is, that's that's the beauty of um, live radio, folks. I got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everything's kind of going ev- everywhere today. And okay, fantastic. I'm back into the regular system and I can shut these other things down. Looks like, thank you so much, Chris. And <laughs> bingo, oops, if I could spell. And it looks like everything's good. All righty. So anyway, like I was saying, um, Religious exemptions are becoming more and more important at this point, which um, it should not be the case. (laughs) It definitely should not be the case. However, 
It is because when you have a, you know, I, I coined this phrase years and years ago, it's been probably 40, 45 years ago. It's dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. And we got the wrongest government we've ever had. And they are just, unfortunately, through smoke and mirrors, influencing businesses, you know, mostly employers to do things on their behalf. In other words, these businesses are now acting as agents of the U.S. government. What they don't realize, however, the first time they say, well, I'm doing it because the government said I had to, that makes them an agent of the government. And now they have to comply with all the constitutional barriers between government and people. That includes the Articles of Amendment 1 through 10, which are known better as the Bill of Rights. Also, the fact that a business is incorporated could in and of itself put them as acting as agents of the government, especially when they're doing things that the government's trying to allegedly mandate. And I highly recommend that you check out, I don't know if I still have that link available or not. Let me see here. Um, I just played a thing on my other show yesterday that was a, um, let me see if I've got that handy. Do, 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 do. Oh boy, <laughs> gotta go way back in history. Um, hmm. I don't know if that's gonna work very well. Uh, boy, boy, boy. Yeah, basically it was a very good um, breakdown. It was only about a minute or two long. Uh, a lady had actually done some research and looked at the actual definition of mandate. And it depends on which edition of Black's Law Dictionary you look at. She was looking at the, uh, edition number 11, which is, I believe, the current one. And uh, basically what it was was saying that it's, it's only a mandate if you voluntarily agree to do it. So they are totally optional. And a little bit more accurately, because when that was, I played that one, I, I dug off right on the shelf next to me, just up a little bit on my left, is a copy of Black's Fourth and Black's Sixth. Black's Fourth has too, got too many things on top of it. I was afraid I'd make a big mess when I tried to pull it down. So I grabbed number six, and basically Black's Sixth defines a mandate as something issued by a court. The judge or the court issues a mandate and it's binding upon the people uh, who are engaged in the case that's before the court. That's the only thing. And again, you know, changing it from Black 6, which was from the early 90s, to Black Black's 11th, which is current, and it basically says a mandate is a optional, voluntarily, voluntary thing. You do, there's no mandatory compliance required. It's strictly voluntary. So keep that in mind. Um, keep also in mind that under the Constitution, the U.S. government uh, in the form, well, let's say the executive branch of government has absolutely no uh, constitutional authority whatsoever to issue any kind of a mandate that would be binding on the people. His job is to run the country, so to speak, his job is to sign laws or veto laws that are brought to him that are properly executed by or passed by the uh, legislature. 
but he has no legislative authority in and of himself, which is what he is trying to do. And when there is no direct legislative authority, there is also no indirect. In other words, he cannot go uh, back ways through OSHA or, um, you know, any other federal bureaucratic entity and have them issue rules that would be binding upon the citizens. It's just not a function of the executive branch of government, and they have no authority to do it. And ultimately, all of these mandates, if they were to go through a legal, <laughs> lawful, and credible court system, they would be shot down. Now, whether that will be the case in this case, I don't know, because given the track record lately of the Supreme Court, I wouldn't want to take a case before them that has anything to do with this vaccine crap, because it, it appears that they are have been given their marching orders. Uh, they shot down six to three a uh, request by uh, a group of um, healthcare workers from Maine uh, earlier this week or late last week. I can't, don't know the exact time, but basically it was the first time the whole court had ruled or issued an opinion on a specific thing having to do with these uh, injection mandates. And this is from the state of Maine. And basically in a six to three decision, they shot it down and said, nope, the employer can do it and you got to take it, which is absolutely wrong. Um, nine clowns and black gowns are not going to determine whether or not I am forced to take an injection or not. And you should feel the same way. Uh, these people get it wrong all the time and they definitely got it wrong this time. Uh, there is absolutely no authority in any place of government for them to violate your bodily autonomy. And it doesn't make any difference whether it's a so-called pandemic, a health emergency, or anything else. The Constitution is the Constitution. It does not turn on and off when conditions in society change, such as uh, Fauci's pandemic. And that is just unbelievable. And James Madison said in Federalist 47, there can be no liberty where the legislative and executive powers are united in the same person or body of magistrates, or if the power of judging be not separated from the legislative and executive powers. That's why we have a tricameral government, so to speak. We have separate branches, checks and balances. We have the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branches. They are all separate, and at least they're supposed to be. And there's been too much blurring uh, over the last several years of those different branches where you have the Congress ceding authority to uh, that they have, like to declare war, to the president, which they have no authority to do, and he has no authority to accept. And it just goes on and on and on. And uh, under U.S. Constitution Article 2, the president has no authority to issue mandates on the people or their businesses. Again, uh, if you read Article 2, which is the section that deals with the president, the executive branch, there is absolutely nothing there that would even remotely uh, give any power to the president to issue these kind of mandates that, that Biden, Biden is trying to put out there. And the thing is, is he said he's doing it, but he hasn't. And that's these these businesses are acting on things that don't even exist. There have been no, to my knowledge at this point, there have been absolutely no executive orders that have actually shown up in the um, 
uh, what do you call it, uh, the executive federal register, which any executive order that is a, that is in order to be truly effective has to go through the, uh, that process and be published in the federal register. And there's nothing in there that anyone's found so far about these alleged mandates. And even though those things don't exist, they start talking about it on the lamestream media and then businesses just automatically assume that they have to do this stuff and they go forward and do it when they don't. Businesses have no uh, obligation to follow any mandates by the president, written or otherwise, published in the executive uh, or the federal register or otherwise. Uh, executive orders only are binding on the executive branch of government. They don't extend beyond that. It's like you write a rule, the last one out has to turn off the lights and lock the door. Well, guess what? If the last one out is, uh, say, at the White House and is on a tour and goes to the bathroom and gets left behind and he comes out and there's no one else there, if he leaves and doesn't turn off the lights and lock the door, it's not on him because he's not bound by the executive branch of government. He's not working for them, he's not paid by them, and he doesn't follow executive orders for them. Simple as that. That's what it boils down to. And people are, you know, Judge Learned Hand said, in order to have rights, you have to be a belligerent claimant of your rights. If you are not, you, you basically, if you're not exercising your rights, you don't have any. That's what it boils down to. And people have found out the hard way lately that that's what's going on. You know, they come along and say, well, we want you to lock down and, and stay in your houses for 14 days to flatten the curve. Screw you. <laughs> I got things to do. And the thing is, is those, you know, number one, there's no science backing that suggestion. And that's all it is, is a suggestion. You have no authority to tell, they have no authority to tell us what to do. We are free Americans. We can come and go as we please. We don't have to follow these stupid things. Uh, I don't care if Fauci says it, Burke says it, uh, Man in the Moon says it, or Joe Biden says it. You know, technically, I'd take the Man, man in the Moon over Joe Biden, probably a lot more intelligent, <sighs> definitely brighter. Um, but the thing is, is they have no authority over the, the people unless the people allow them to take it. And unfortunately, that's where we're at right now. We have millions of people who have gone to war, shed their blood, fighting to preserve liberties, or at least that's what they thought they were doing. And then to come home and see what's going on here where people just willingly give up their rights without any pushback, without any fighting or anything. It's absolutely insane. And uh, people shouldn't have to be that way. But unfortunately, because of the fluoridated water and the public fool system that's dumbed people down. Now they're actually starting to talk about, well, we want schools that are going to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. Well, guess what? They've been doing just the opposite for about the last 40 some years at least. And we are now reaping the benefits or the not so good benefits of that. You know, they're reaping the benefits of their efforts and we're getting screwed. The Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding, that's Article 
6, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution. That's known as the Supremacy Clause. And the thing is, is people don't understand this. Most people have never read the Constitution. They don't understand what it says. And it's uh, there's a lot of problems there. Enforcing the Constitution to deny this would be to affirm that the de deputy is greater than the principal. That's the problem we're running into now. That the servant is above his master that the representatives of the people are superior to the people themselves, that men acting by virtue of powers may do not, uh, may do not only what their powers do not authorize, but what they forbid. And the problem we're running into is people are just letting government run roughshod over them. They're coming out with these, you know, all these mandates. They're saying, oh, you have to lock down. You have to wear face diapers. You have to socialist distance. You don't have to do any of that stuff. I haven't done any of that stuff since this whole thing started. I come and go as I please. I have not worn a face diaper the whole time except to do a test in my own home to see how much uh, wearing one of those things would mess up my oxygen levels. And in half an hour, I went from 100% to 94%. That's not good. And that was just sitting still. If I was up and moving, it would have been even worse. But do you have to submit to mandates? Absolutely not. Peaceful noncompliance and demand exemptions. We should not have to demand exemptions as country. It should be a, a foregone conclusion. But unfortunately, not in this day and age. Question is, do employers have to impose mandates? Absolutely not. They should be giving employers exemptions and they themselves should be engaging in peaceful noncompliance. When the government says you have to close down or you have to do this or you have to put up barriers between your tables and the restaurant and you got to do this, you should say pound sand. I don't have to do that. You know, none of this stuff is... There's no science backing anything. And even if there was science to back it, the people have the right to make their own decisions of how they want to deal with these things, period. Again, do you have to mandate a vaccine for your employees? No. Requiring all employees with 100 plus or employers with 100 plus employees to ensure their workers are vaccinated or tested weekly. The Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, is developing a rule. Doesn't say has developed, doesn't say has put something in place that is mandatory. It says it's developing a rule that will require all employers with 100 or more employees to ensure their workforce is fully vaccinated or require any workers who remain unvaccinated to produce a negative test result on at least a weekly basis before coming to work. OSHA will ensure emergency temporary standards to implement the re this requirement. This requirement will impact over 80 million workers in private sector businesses with 100 plus employees. Now, can Joe Biden in and of himself say, you, if, you, if your business has 100 plus or more employees, you have to make sure they're all fully injected or that they get tested every week. No, he cannot. That means absolutely no one in the federal government's executive branch can do that either. People don't realize what's going on. They have to realize that if 
if the the best way to put it is, you know, the old notice that goes at the top of legal documents. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal, notice to the principal is notice to the agent. If the principal can't do it, the agent can't do it. And if the agent can't do it, the principal can't do it. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. There is no power in Article 2 granted to the president, the executive branch, to do any of this stuff. Therefore, it doesn't make any difference where Biden says it himself or he gives it to OSHA. OSHA is a branch of the federal government, and they have no right to push these things on individual people, especially when it violates your bodily autonomy. Absolute baloney. Pandemic does not trump your rights. Even in a pandemic, the Constitution cannot be put away and forgotten. And that is the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn versus Cuomo, 141 SCT 6368 2020. It's a you know, local court, but um, says Supreme Court has further noted that will not abandon the field when government officials with experts in tow seek to infringe a constitutionally protected liberty. Even in times of crisis, perhaps especially in times of crisis, we have a duty to hold governments to the Constitution. And that's South Bay United Pentecostal Church versus Newsom, 141 SCT 617 or, or 716 718 2021. And uh, that was uh, Judge Gorsuch. Now, I don't know if they're going to stick with that but that's the way it ought to be. The Supreme Court should be standing between the people and all these government edicts, but whether they will or not remains yet to be seen, and I am not remaining hopeful. A pandemic does not trump your rights. The Constitution was adopted in a period of grave emergency. It grants uh, its grants of power to the federal government and its limitations of the power of the states were determined in light of emergency, and they are not altered by emergency. That's the Home Building and Loan Association versus Blaisdell, and this is a U.S. Supreme Court decision or opinion, 290 U.S. 398, page 25. So that's it for the first uh, segment of today's edition of Your DIY Film. Stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes. Carry on. Here. And welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, religious exemptions and whether the government has the authority to do the things that they're doing. The answer is flat out, absolutely freaking not. <laughs> but that doesn't mean they aren't going to do it. You know, uh, you know, that's what criminals do. They break the law. And uh, this, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and the Biden administration is pretty much wiping their backsides with it on a daily basis, and uh, the people need to hold them to it. And unfortunately, when they don't, they just take that as a mandate to continue on doing what they're doing, and that's why we're in the position we're in right now. Sooner or later, there is going to be a clash, and uh, it ain't going to be pretty. But uh, basically, to understand, you know, religious exemptions, number one, you have to realize that this is not something that you ask an employer for. This is something you 
tell them you are doing. <laughs> and that's one of the things that really you have to you have to understand your position in things. You have these rights, they're granted by God and as agents of government, which these businesses are becoming because of the way they're doing things, they must support and recognize these things. They cannot just dismiss them out of hand. Even, you know, if they're allegedly trying to comply with the rules. You know, I here locally in Columbus, Ohio, I saw a thing here recently where a uh, employee at the local children's hospital submitted a request, and that was the problem, a request for a religious exemption. They should be demanding it. And it was summarily denied out of hand without giving any excuse whatsoever. They did not even consider the thing. They just said, nope, you ain't getting one. And their whole excuse was, is it places an undue, undue um, hardship on the hospital. And they really gave absolutely no explanation as to what this undue hardship is. And uh, they just dismissed it out of hand, which they can't do if you hold their feet to the fire. They can if you don't, you know, and that's what they're assuming. They're assuming that most people will submit the paperwork half-heartedly and then they'll turn it down and the people will just say, well, okay, guess I got to get in line or walk away. And the sad thing is, is I've seen this both in, in the private sector and the military, uh, people posting videos where they submitted their request for um, a religious exemption, it was denied. Well, looks like I got to take the shot. Well, in that case, you never deserved a religious exemption in the first place. And the reason I say that is a religious exemption is based on, is supposed to be based on uh, uh, sincerely held religious beliefs or convictions. I mean, these things are so strong that you will not, under any circumstances, bend. That's my position. When in, I think it was 2013, uh, my wife was first uh, confronted at her hospital, you know, with the flu shot mandates. And we submitted a, it was a husband and wife as to, you know, together, uh, two became one. And I submitted, I drew up an affidavit that was named us both. And uh, it just so happens, let me find it here. There it is. This affidavit accompanies a statement of opposition to vaccination vaccines from my church, which was unnecessary, but we went ahead and gave them one anyway. Uh, they're not allowed to ask for it, but we just put it in as a support documentation. It says, being natural persons of strong Christian morals is against our sincerely held Christian convictions to accept the injection of any foreign substance into our bodies. This includes, but is not limited to, any and all vaccinations, shots, tests for diseases, oral vaccines, epidermal patches, and any other way that live or killed bacterium, viruses, pathogens, germs, or any other microorganisms or other foreign substances may be introduced into or upon our bodies. This affidavit is being written to exempt us from in immunizations, injectable medications, of, or anything of a similar nature, which are inconsistent with our Christian convictions. See the church statement for details. You know, and like I said, it was totally unnecessary, but we included it just to, just because it was support material. A conflict arises because our Christian convictions are predicated on the belief that all life is sacred. 
Our commandment, thou shalt not kill, applies to the practice of injection of substances under the guise of immune support or medication, uh, specifically or especially when many of these agents have been determined to be carcinogenic and otherwise toxic substances that can kill or have been made using the tissue of aborted babies. However, our beliefs remain the same regardless of such findings. And right there is something you have to be very careful about. A lot of people are doing religious exemptions and they're basically hanging their hat. The sole thing they're talking about is aborted fetal tissue. If you do that, that's a very dangerous position to take because all they have to do to get around your religious exemption is come up with some sort of injection that they're trying to put on you that doesn't have that stuff in it, and then you're screwed. That's why normally, unless you word your things very carefully like we did here, you know, we don't want, you know, that's just one of many things that we're opposed to, and even if those things are changed and the, the stuff is no longer in there, we still have opposition to anything being injected into our bodies. And it says, we, myself and my wife, are exercising our rights guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America and 42 U.S.C. 2000 E2 to receive religious exemption from vaccinations, all injections and testing. Applicable law has been interpreted to mean that a religious belief is subject to protections even though no religious group espouses such beliefs or the fact that the religious group to which the individual professes to belong may not advocate or require such belief. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is amended November 1st, 1980, Part 1605.1, Guidelines on Dis uh, Discrimination Because of Religion. Further, we find it highly offensive that rather than ask our, for our statement on belief, uh, our beliefs that the, uh, whatchamacallit, you know, the group that is making the request has overstepped its legal authority and required a statement from our pastor. However, out of good faith, we have, a, have complied uh, with the request, even though we had no need to do so. Our legal rights are guaranteed uh, by the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment to the Constitution for the United States of America. Recent court decisions have upheld the rights of individuals seeking exemptions from immunizations based upon religious reasons. U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Frazee versus Illinois Department of Security 49 U.S. 829 that a state may not deny or uh, an exemption simply because a person is not a member of a formal religious organization. The Lord Jesus Christ, our creator, and, and the immune system he endowed us with are the only sources of protection our of, of our bodies that we can accept. We affirm that vaccination and injections of any foreign substance, regardless of their content or nature, in the name of immune system support, conflict with our Christian convictions as stated above. Rest assured that we do practice a natural form of immunization that keeps our immune system strong and is in keeping with biblical principles. Further, affiant saith not. And then there's a jurat, of course, after the end, and where we swear to it and all that good stuff. But um, that has worked for the last umpteen years. <laughs> and um, basically, uh, short and sweet, one page, you know, for the affidavit, one page, you know, the rest of it, the, the jurat's on page two. But, um, and I signed it as the head of the household. Um, 
as the principal husband of my wife, head of household by special appearance and proprius personas with proceedings sui juris. Um, that's just one example. There are all kinds of things out there that you can use. Um, I recently uh, got hooked up with a group out of the UK um, and managed to lose the link all of a sudden. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, this should. Uh, I think this is it. Uh, yep. Vaxcontrolgroup.com. I'll put that into the chat. It's a rather interesting organization. They basically are doing a study of vaxxed versus unvaxxed people when it comes to COVID. And basically it says uh, vaccine control group, worldwide scientific study. The vaccine control group is a worldwide independent long-term study that is seeking to provide a baseline of data from unvaccinated individuals for comparative analysis with the vaccinated population. To evaluate this process, the, pro the success of the COVID-19 mass vaccination program and assist future research projects. This study is not and will never be associated with any pharmaceutical enterprise as its impartiality is of paramount importance. Vax Control Group is a community cooperative for the people. All monies raised will be reinvested into the project and its community. And one of the things they do is they produce ID cards. And basically, it uh, says SARS-CoV-2 Vaccine Control Group. Uh, it puts a person's name. It has a individual ID number. And in red letters, it has a photograph of the person. It says, must not be vaccinated. This person is a registered participant in the SARS-CoV-2 Vaccine Control Group. And then there's a little QR code that if you scan that, it takes you to the website showing a picture of your uh, membership card or identity, or identity card, and it says, remember, it is illegal to discriminate against uh, someone who has made, you know, a decision based on whatever, uh, but it's really nicely set up, and when you, when you go in here, you can produce your own card that you can basically print and laminate, which I've done. They also offer um, hard cards that they'll make up and mail to you, uh, which I also ordered it's about $20, something like that. And uh, I think it might be a worthwhile thing because basically it's just one more thing that puts you in a position where saying, look, I can't be vaccinated because I'm part of this uh, scientific control group. And uh, therefore, I must not take one of these injections. Um, whether it'll do any good, who knows. But it's just one more thing to put in, in between you and the idiots that are pushing these jabs. Um and it's, I think, for a good cause because they are gathering data to try and show that uh, the real problem is the injections, not the non-injected people. So that's something you might want to look at. And the information is also on my uh, Telegram channel, but I will post it there again right now just so you don't have to go scrolling through <laughs> tons and tons of stuff since I posted it a week or so ago. But uh, it's there, and uh, like I said, I suggest you just at least take a look at it. Uh, just, you know, if you want to do it, fine. If you don't, that's another thing, no problem. But uh, it's an option. But anyway, back to the uh, exemptions. Ooh, just looking at the board here, and all of a sudden it's looking different. What happened? 
Uh, let me refresh the screen and see what it does. Ooh, ooh. Errors establishing database connection. That's not good. Hmm. Well, hopefully I'm still on the air, <laughs> yeah, but I can't see anything. I have lost the board. I've lost the call board. I've lost the, uh, oh, I'm using my back arrow. I'll see if I can get to anything and it's not working. Well, isn't that special? See what happens if I try. Nope, that's not working. Let me use this link that Chris gave me. That's not working. <laughs> Error establishing database connection. Uh, let me send him a note. Vault. Oops. Went blank. Got this message. Oh, well. Anyway, um, we'll just keep going and see where we end up. But... Uh, so yeah, for at least at this point, I can't see the call board and I cannot see chat. So we'll just have one flying blind, but uh, we're gonna continue on. So basically there's no authority in the federal government to issue these mandates, especially when it comes to your bodily autonomy. And uh, yep, I just tried that and <laughs> hey, now it worked. <laughs> I tried it before and nothing happened. Oh, well, yeah, he's working in the background to have to rejoin chat here. Yep, and we're back. Cool. <laughs> uh, it's a fun day today. Lots of neat stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, federal government has no authority under the Constitution to do what they're doing, but that doesn't mean they won't try it because people just roll over and let them do it. And unfortunately, it's both businesses and the shyster attorneys that advise these businesses in many cases, oh, the federal government says you got to do it, you got to do it, because they'll come down on you if you don't. And that's, you know, that's malpractice on the part of an attorney as far as I'm concerned. But they don't know anything about the Constitution either most of the time. They don't know that they've got no authority to do it. And it's just, well, you know, do you want the government coming down on you or you don't want, want your employees PO'd at you? That's basically what is usually the case. That's the way it is with tax issues. You know, gov you know, employers will steal money from employees because the IRS told them to, even though there's no lawful authority for it. And uh, they would rather take a chance on getting hassled or sued or whatever by their employee than to get run afoul of the individuals representing Satan. So that's why we're at, everybody's, you know, cowering like, you know, scared rats in the corner. But, you know, those of us that uh, don't want to do that and want to stand up and support ourselves and stand for our rights, then by golly, this is what you got to do. Produce yourself a, an affidavit. Uh, you know, you can do it by letter, but affidavit is the best way because a properly formed and executed affidavit that's unrebutted is the highest form of truth and testimony in court. So in other words, if you produce an affidavit like I did and submit it, and if it's written properly, they cannot refute it because it's based on your beliefs. And they can't refute something and say, well, you don't believe that. <laughs> Although getting back to the people who, well, I put my paperwork in and they denied it, so I guess I got to take the shot. Well, then apparently it wasn't a sincerely held religious belief or conviction because if your exemption is denied, then your only course recourse is to 
make them fire you or quit. Because if you submit this thing, it's supposed to be based on your true beliefs and convictions, which means you will not bend regardless of what they do. So if you don't have that feeling, if that's not your position, that under no circumstances, come hell or high water, will I ever take one of these injections, then don't submit a religious exemption form because you're you're basically committing perjury if you do it in the form of an affidavit. Now, basically at this point, if I or my wife were to submit to this stuff, we could be hauled into court and charged with perjury because we submitted an affidavit saying that we wouldn't. And that's another reason to do it on affidavit form is it puts you up, it backs you against the wall where you're in a position where you gotta stand on what you're saying. So that's that's one of the things that um, uh, people just, you know, are too wishy-washy about. So anyway, moving right along, you submit your affidavit and according to federal law, they have to do everything they can to allow it and to go along with it. Um, let's see here, I'm looking here. Uh, under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act 1964, individuals have the right to be free from discrimination based on religion. Employers are required to accommodate religious observances and practices unless doing so imposes an undue hardship on the business. That's not any hardship. It's an undue hardship where they really are put in a bind. Like we have to hire three people uh, that we can't afford to hire to, to comply with what you want, which would not be the case here. And the thing is, is in, there's really nothing that these people have to do to accommodate you. Because number one, what they're requiring is not based on any science whatsoever. And the biggest Nazis in this case are the hospitals where, oh, you're, you know, and then this children's hospital, their argument was, well, our, our, uh, the vast majority of our patients have immune compromise, uh, are immune compromised. They're under the age of what you, you know, whatever age at the time that you, that they could get vaccinated. Thank goodness. And there's, they're claiming that if you're unvaccinated, you could make these people sick. Oh, really? Then how come you haven't been requiring, uh, polio and, uh, HIV and all these other things? you know, injections for these, but now you're, you're requiring somebody to be in, injected with something for an illness that has a 99.97% survival rate for everybody except the morbidly obese and uh, extremely aged and people with multiple comorbidities. Like I said, there's absolutely no science backing up what these people are doing. It's just, you gotta do it because we said so. And that's a crock. You don't gotta do it. <laughs> You need to stand up and say no to them. And the problem is, is Bubis Americanas, the generally dumb public, will just willingly go along with whatever because they're stupid, flat out. You know, I'm, I'm saying it right now. You know, people that take these things, they roll up their sleeves and willingly accept them without doing any research whatsoever, just because somebody says you should do it because the little Fauci the Ferengi gets on TV and lies to you and says, you need to take this and you do it. And then you look down your nose like you've got the moral high ground on the people that have actually done research and found out how lethal these things are. And uh, 
you act like they're some kind of lower class citizen that needs to be uh, locked up in a house in their house all by themselves and not given food or water or anything because they're endangering the public. That's a load of crap that, again, is not supported by any kind of uh, scientific evidence. And it's just the opposite. And people need to hold their feet to the fire. And, you know, if it comes to that, you know, my wife's looking in a position right now where she got word a week or so ago that they accepted her exemption again for the flu shot. And she sent a thing back saying, well, this isn't just for the flu shot. And they responded, well, if you're referring to COVID, then we, we don't have anything uh, for it. Like, I, and I don't know if they were actually saying we don't have any mandates for it or we don't have any, we don't offer exemptions for it or what. And they said there's more coming soon. So now we're just sort of sitting and waiting to see what kind of crap they're going to come up with. And she's like, I don't know if I'm going to have a job anymore or not. I said, well, I guarantee you if, uh, if they're requiring this stuff, then you won't because you're not taking it. You're not doing any testing. Uh, there's no need for face diapers. You know, that's punitive. And that's something that federal law prohibits as well. Um, it's an un unlawful for an employer to fail or refuse to hire or discharge any individual in otherwise or otherwise discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation terms, conditions, or privileges or of employment because such individuals race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. And is also an unlawful for an employer to limit, segregate, or classify his employee or applicants for employment in any way which would deprive or tend to deprive any individual of employment opportunities otherwise adversely affect his status as an employee because of such individuals, race, color, religion, sex. So in other words, if you object to having one of these injections on religious grounds, it is illegal for the employer to discriminate against you or to segregate or you know separate you out in other words oh you have to wear a face diaper or the people that have been injected get this little fancy blue sticker to go on their id card and you don't get one and then everybody's going to look down on you that's illegal under 42 usc section 2000 e2a and uh, uh let's see here i will copy that section with that in chat but um, yeah basically all the stuff you know and this is common in hospitals oh if you don't if you don't take the flu shot you have to wear a face mask all the time and uh, now they're saying well you have to be tested and that's that to me that is a very dangerous position because this testing stuff i honestly believe that's their fallback because they know that they can inoculate you with the tests. And if you've got questions about that, just do a little research on John Hopkins University and uh, the, the ability to inoculate via PCR testing. John Hopkins University has developed a little nano thing <laughs> that basically carries whatever they want to put on it. And they embed these things in the cotton swabs that they use to swab you for DNA and for PCR tests and all that kind of stuff. When they stick it up your nose or stick it in your mouth, these little things get into your body. They work their way to your uh, uh, gut and they're cased in a, they're shaped like a star. 
and they're open up and they're cased in a uh, or coated in a paraffin type wax covering that when it, it basically melts away at uh, room temperature or body temperature and at that point when that stuff melts off then these little nano th things close the little star points close up and then like a, they grab like a fist and they latch, latch onto the lining of your gut and then they release their payload and then after several hours they dislodge themselves and are passed out of your system but that's something that johns hopkins university has developed for the purpose of giving people injections without their knowledge <laughs> through testing so keep that in mind and we'll be back and we'll talk a little more about this on the other side of the break at the top of the hour we'll be back with more your diy health here on the truth frequency radio network stand by Hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And uh, we've been talking about religious exemptions. We're going to continue on with that a little bit more. I do want to get, uh, hopefully, at least uh, by the last segment to get into some other things. But uh, this is a pretty important situation, especially right now. And the key thing to remember number one the key rule in law at this point you know it didn't used to be but it is now if it's not in writing it didn't happen if you learn nothing else learn this if it's not in writing it did not happen so if the if your boss tells you something and basically just gives it to you verbally you should immediately go home and or wherever go back to your office and type them an email or a note or whatever and spell out your specific belief of what just occurred this is what we talked about this is the date and the time who was present and we discussed this stuff and this is my understanding of what you said and uh, if i am mistaken please within 24 hours respond to this and tell me exactly how i am mistaken otherwise i will have to assume that boom 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 this is the case going forward and send it to them and get them to you know confirm or deny it has to be in writing see that you're covered and you know where you stand um, same thing when you're dealing with exemptions again it must be sincerely held religious beliefs and this is only your religious belief not some entity not 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 the priest not the pope not the church it's your belief and your beliefs can be 100 totally 100% different from the church you go to and that's not a problem and when the employer puts on a form 
and this is something that uh, I find highly offensive, but not surprising at all. Um, even though it's clear in federal law and case law and other things that this is the case, that it strictly um, has to do with the individual's beliefs. The uh, Just the form that my wife got from her employer says influenza vaccine exemption request for religious reasons. And at the top part, it has a thing just to put in your name, your time clock number, that kind of junk. And then there's a line and the bottom half of the form instructions, instruction to religious leader and it says all blank blank health associates and volunteers are required to get annual influenza vaccine in order to protect patients we serve, which is bull. That's a lie. It's not, you know, they might believe it, but it doesn't do it. As a faith-based organization, we respect the religious beliefs and values of our associates, not really, and want to honor those who to the greatest degree possible while also providing a safe working environment for our other associates or, and protecting our patients from potential infection. Yeah, right. Hospital is the worst place to go to keep from getting infected. And most of the time it's MERS and C. diff and stuff like that because they, you know, the, they don't take care of things. It's not somebody, oh, you came here and you got the flu. Please attach documentation explaining the specific religious doctrine that exempts this person from influenza vaccination. The member must sincerely adhere to these beliefs. Personal objection to receiving the vaccine is not acceptable. All documentation must include the religious leader's signature and the leader's name, address, and phone number. That is a complete and total violation of federal law. And every single one of these hospitals does this, even though they have legal teams on staff who should know the law or they're, they're basically, they're either, you know, complicit, they're criminal, or they're absolute idiots and malpracticing. But this is the form that you get. <laughs> it says nothing, there's no place on this form for the person involved, the employee, to state what their beliefs are. It's strictly, you gotta have this from your church or your church leader, or you can't get approved. That shows how crooked these organizations are and how they're violating the law every step of the way. You know, I've already quoted the federal law that basically deals with this situation and case law for that matter. And um, they have no right to require this stuff. Um, and I'm just looking, let's see here, do, 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 do. Uh, religious, religious beliefs need not be acceptable, logical, consistent, or comprehensible to others in order to merit First Amendment protection. And that's Thomas V. Rev. B.D. of Indiana, Imp, Sec, Div, whatever that is, also see Church of the... Lakumi Babulo or Babalu <laughs> I Inc. of Hialeah versus the city of Hialeah, Florida, 1993. Um, where the heck is that thing? Uh, there was another one that specifically spelled that out. Ah, here it is. Additionally, though, uh, though membership in or adherence to the tenets of an organization religious is plainly sufficient to provide protection for an individual's sincerely held religious belief, it is not necessary precondition. We reject the notion 
that to claim the protection for sincerely held religious beliefs, one must be responding to the commands of a particular religious organization. Noting that the law provides protection for sincerely held religious beliefs, not just tenets of organized religion. Exactly. And if you're going to do a religious exemption, you should definitely base it on your sincerely held religious beliefs. And when the um, uh, employer tries to come back and say, no, you got to give us your, your church, your pastor, whatever, Frazee versus Illinois Department of Employment, 49 U.S. 839 and 830 on page 834. This is a 1989 case where the U.S. Supreme Court ruled it is a matter of sincerely held religious belief. You do not have to, and the employer cannot require information from your church, your pastor, whatever. And like on what I did with ours, I said, we are not required to provide this, but in good faith, we are giving it to you in uh, as support material. Okay but they cannot require it. It's strictly what you believe. Um, now, undue hardships for employers. Employers may only deny a religious exemption request if to, pro, uh, to providing accommodations would cause an undue hardship. The burden of proof is on the employer and the standard is undue hardship, not any hardship. And when, when they say, we can't do it because it's an undue hardship. Okay, fine. Tell me what the undue hardship is. And if it's not a good one, we'll let the court de determine whether it's undue or not. You know, because first and foremost, they have no science to back what they're doing. You know, all they got to do is say, okay, you're approved and go forward. You don't have to do anything else. No face diapers, no testing, no nothing. Oh, well, we have to test you every single week. Excuse me. If I'm sick, I won't come to work. Trust me, I've seen people with COVID. I've had COVID. I guarantee if I had COVID, I would not come to work because when's the last time you saw a guy even with just a fever out and about? They go home and they lay on the car, car, you know, couch. Oh, mama, please come take care of me. <laughs> Waiting on me every hand and foot. I mean, a guy with a fleet with a fever. He ain't going to be out. If he's got COVID, I guarantee he's staying home. This this garbage, you got to be tested. You know, how come uh, all of a sudden for something that has a 99.97 survival rate, we have to be tested every day? Why why is it that you don't have to be tested for flu? Because they even have a, a test for flu that actually works. They don't have a test for COVID, <laughs> you know. The thing they use is by the developer should never be used for diagnostic purposes. So they don't have a way to test you to, to make sure you're positive or negative anyway. So what difference does it make? You know, that's the kind of stupidity in the arguments that you got to bring up with them. You know, what kind of test are you going to do and how much is it? And now they're trying to cause people, you know, if you don't take the shot, then you, we're going to charge you more or we're taking money out of your paycheck to pay for testing. No, you're not. <laughs> This is the kind of thing that they're using this thing as a wedge to separate out the sheep from the, the sheep dogs. And the question right now is, which are you? Are you a sheeple or a sheep dog uh, or a wolf? <laughs> anyway, only one is approved. Ah. 
this this garbage of you know the first and foremost it's a violation of federal law to mandate or force somebody to take a uh, experimental anything whether it's an injection of you know medication whatever and contrary to what many people believe there are there is no such thing as a covid vaccine in the first place and even if there was there's no such thing as one that's been approved by the fda okay according to law and according to science a vaccine is supposed to protect the person the recipient from a specific disease and it's supposed to protect you from spreading it and it's admitted by the manufacturers of these COVID-19 bioweapons that they don't do that. The only thing those things were ever designed to do, if that, and I don't even think that works, is to mitigate symptomology. So if you get it or when you get it, you can still get it, you can still spread it, but it would release or reduce the symptoms so they wouldn't be so bad. And if that's the case, why is it that the vast majority of people in hospitals that are sick and dying with COVID right now have been fully injected? And that's everywhere you go. You know, Ireland and and um, uh, Israel are the two most vaccine injected countries in the world. And they also have the highest number of people that are hospitalized and dying. And they're all from the injections. You know, the whole thing is fraud. And uh, so basically, number one, there are no vaccines. So how are you going to make me take one that doesn't exist? Number two, the things that they are alleging to be vaccines that aren't are not approved by the FDA. They have nothing more than emergency use authorization. And when you look at the requirements for emergency use authorization, it says it may be helpful in preventing this. It's it's so ambiguous that there's no way you could you know get any idea that these things are helpful. It might help. We don't know because we haven't done enough testing. Normally we do tests for 10 years before a vaccine is released. These we rolled right out. We already had them because that was the whole idea in the first place was you know get people to take these injections and we had to develop the the scare tactic of COVID in order to scare people into taking these injections for something that has a 99.97% survival rate. Gee, how dumb do you have to be to do that? But there are no vaccines and B, the things that they're claiming are vaccines are not approved by the FDA, therefore they cannot be mandated. They can only be suggested and they have to be given full disclosure of the pros and cons and you have to be given the opportunity to make an informed decision with the right to de- refuse them. So everything they're doing is totally smoke and mirrors. All righty, EUA mandating these vaccines violates federal law. 21 USC section 360-BBB-3, authorization for medical products for use in emergency subs- emergencies subsection Per, uh, paragraph, uh, parens 1a uh, small roman numeral 2 condition of authorization states that individuals to whom the product is administered must be informed of the option to accept or refuse cdc covid death cult federal law prohibits mandating eua on August 26, 2020, Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or the ACIP meeting, Dr. Amanda Cohen 
uh, Chief Medical Officer, National Center for Immunizations and Respiratory Diseases for the CDC. Under an EUA, and this is quoting her, vaccines are not allowed to be mandatory. Therefore, early in the vaccination phase, individuals will have to be consented and, not, and cannot be mandated to be vaccinated. This was August 26th of 2020. In October 22nd, 2020, Dr. Cohn, the federal government would not be mandating use of these vaccines. Organizations such as hospitals in the setting of an EUA, patients and individuals will have the right to refuse the injection the vaccine. Federal law prohibits mandating EUA. The FDA is only reporting that the Pfizer uh, version of the COVID-19 Comirnaty vaccine has been approved beyond the original EUA status. Now, the Comirnaty vaccine, as we've said several times before in this show, does not even exist. It will not be available in the United States until 2024, probably at the earliest. Therefore, it was all smoke and mirrors. The Biden administration wanted to say that something was approved so they could go forward pushing this on people. So the FDA came out with a very craftily worded letter that made people think that the Pfizer jab was given full approval, which it was not. The Pfizer jab is given had, had its emergency use authorization extended. The only thing that was given approval is something that does not even exist, the community. Therefore, employers may not con uh, condition continued employment on taking any EUA authorized COVID-19 vaccine and can only lawfully require an employee to take the Pfizer community vaccine, which is not available. And uh, this is a link to a press release and it's quite lengthy, so I'm not going to read it but I'm gonna put it in the chat and I'll also put it in my uh, telegram. Oops, oh, I hate when that happens. I just disconnected, well, I don't think I disconnected, but I uh, accidentally shut down the call board again. <laughs> These things pop up in my the same browser window that I'm doing the, the call connections from and thank goodness we're back there. Uh, should be, yep, connected again. Boy, <laughs> having all kinds of fun today. Uh, I'm going to stick this in the telegram as well so people can read it for themselves if they so desire. But basically, again, it's all smoke and mirrors. There's no such thing as a COVID vaccine. And those things that are being alleged to be vaccines are emergency use only and cannot be mandated on people. Civil Rights Act and the EEOC. Federal EEO laws do not prevent an employer from requiring all employees physically entering the workplace to be injected for COVID-19, so long as employers comply with the reasonable accommodation provisions of the ADA and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. In other words, they have to give you the emergency or the uh, religious exemptions. They cannot, and you know, again, this is it's bogus. Federal law allows or does not prevent an employer from requiring. It doesn't stop and they can require it, but that doesn't mean the people have to comply. And the thing is, is when it comes to bodily autonomy, I would argue the fact that number one, you know, chances are this employer is incorporated. If he's incorporated, he's an agent of the government. 
And on top of that, if he's doing things and, and says that he's doing it because the government said so, that makes him an agent of government. As such, they will, they're, they're basically required to comply with constitutional provisions. And as such, they cannot violate your Fourth Amendment rights to bodily autonomy or your First Amendment right to exercise of religion. So again, you're, the argument's on your side. And um, there's something else I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get it during the break because that's coming up and we'll cover it. Um, so basically, those are the kind of things. And uh, there are plenty of places to go to get drafts of the um, uh, vaccine exemptions. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of people will start with um, a a basic draft and then modify it to their fit their personal situation. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, the one thing you want to do is you want to definitely make sure it reflects your personally held religious beliefs. And I can't stress that enough. Uh, one of the things I would recommend, however, if you're considering, if you're in a situation where you need to um, uh, do a religious exemption, and I just put it in the chat room. I will also put it in the Telegram channel. The link to vaccinerights.com, which is the website for my friend Alan Phillips, who is the only person ever to go to law school for the sole purpose of defending vaccine rights cases. And he has a uh, book that he has written. It's called Va <coughs> Excuse me, Vaccine Exemption Ebook. Um, and it's vaccine legal exemptions. And basically it's $29.95, it's worth every freaking penny. That's the book that I use to craft the uh, exemption for my wife and myself. And like I said, it has worked flawlessly for eight years now. Uh, we'll see what happens when, you know, I might have to really produce some other paperwork and kind of jam it up their butt sideways to get their attention. Um, but, uh, what I will probably do, if necessary, is a a letter to be added to our, uh, you know, incorporated in reference to our our exemption, that basically states what I've already covered here is the fact that there are there is no such thing as a COVID vaccine, based on legal and scientific definitions, and the fact that the things that are being out there presented as vaccines are not; they qualify more as bioweapons and they have nothing more than emergency use authorization, which according to federal law, it is illegal to force people to take. Uh, that should end the process, but who knows, we'll see. And I'll include in it the letter from, you know, fi or from the FDA showing that only the community was approved and it is not available. And so the only thing that is approved ain't even, doesn't even happen to exist. So anyway, I would recommend uh, Alan Phillips' book, uh, Vaccine Legal Exemptions, uh, $29.95. It is worth every penny, and um, it will give you, because when you do one of these things, you only get one chance. It's not something that you can do over and over and over again. Because it's supposed to be sincerely held religious beliefs and uh, convictions, you're in a situation where you got to do it right the first time because your convictions are supposed to be sincerely held, which means they shouldn't be changing. And if they do, it should only be after an epiphany that something came up and smacked you upside the head and showed you how wrong you were about something. 
unlikely that that's going to happen. So you got to make sure it's done properly. And uh, his book is the preeminent source in one location to get it. But there are other forms out there. You can go to places like um, uh, freedomtaker.com has some uh, pretty good stuff. Peggy Hall in California with the healthyamerican.org has uh, some good stuff. And there are others. The um, the COVID or the VAX, uh, what was that uh, website I put in there? The, <laughs> the one that has little ID cards. Um, uh, good grief, I can't remember it. And I got to scroll up to find it. Shoot. <laughs> uh, ah, the vaxcontrolgroup.com. They actually have uh, two forms that you can download and print out. Uh, one is to be signed by a physician if you can find one that's willing to do it. And there's another one for people 16 years of age and older that basically is a very well thought out um, self-declared COVID-19 exemption form. And it gives has all the options. Uh, I have a personal and or family medical history of allergic anaphylaxis, uh, serious debilitating reactions to foods, medications, vaccines, environmental chemicals or I have a personal and or familial history, uh, autoimmune diseases and reactions, personal and or family uh, medical history of chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, myalgic encephalitis, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it gets uh, several different options. And then the last three, serious concerns about the as yet uh, unknown long-term effects of COVID-19 vaccines on fertility, immune dysfunction, including ADE, autoimmunity, allergy, and other potentials uh, to induce other complications. I have a declined or I have declined COVID-19 injection given inadequate available long-term safety data and or religious or philosophical reasons. And I have, or I believe I have previously had COVID-19 and have, or am likely to have acquired natural immunity. So you just check the ones that are appropriate for you. Um, it has place, you know, for your name, address, all that kind of stuff. You put in whatever it is you want to put in and you put your name at the bottom and you sign it and date it. So that's a good straightforward thing that you could use, but there's lots of them out there. I highly recommend, however, that you get one and you tailor it to your specific situation. And again, it deals primarily, if not specifically, with your personally held religious convictions and short of Bible verses, you shouldn't be putting anything else in there. I personally, if I was to do it over again, probably would not include the stuff about aborted fetal tissue, but the way I've got it worded in ours, it's, it's, you know, it's nothing to be worried about really, because it's not a primary factor. It's the people that say, I'm not taking these because it's got aborted fetal tissue. And it's a common knowledge now that that's the case. All of them, that all the things that are out there right now all have aborted fetal tissue in them or were made in conjunction with the things. However, that's not something you want to hang your hat on because if they come up with, say, the community doesn't have fetal tissue in it and they can't prove that it does and uh, all of a sudden they roll that out, you're stuck. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, some idiot at the hospital told my wife last year that, uh, well, her religious exemption is no good anymore because now we have a, a flu vaccine that's not based on eggs. And we go, what? I said, maybe you ought to read that thing over again, you idiot. This has nothing to do with eggs. <laughs> so stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes with the last segment of today's Christmas video for DIY Help. And uh, we'll get into some other things that are related. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And I was just going through some things, kind of looking for uh, a couple other little odds and ends that I wanted to cover, but <laughs> as usual, not having any luck finding them. But um, let me close this out here. And I wanted to, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, there, you know, Biden White House says children's COVID jab program will be fully operational by November 8th. Mass child sacrifices, sacrifices to commence. Right down the line, a COVID-19 injection poses a significant risk to children's health. And the thing is, is back on uh, October 20, I think it was October 22nd of 2020, a presentation was made to the FDA about what to expect from the upcoming rollout of the alleged COVID-19 injection programs. And they had a list of about um, uh, 20 general items that they would uh, were expecting to have happen and when you break those down out of the general to the specific it was more like a hundred and some 120 some different illnesses or uh, adverse reactions you could expect to have and one general term was um, multiple organ inflammation i think it is in children or something to that effect and that is a term that has never, ever, ever been uttered or existed in medical science until these injections came along. So they automatically knew that when given to children, it would cause multiple systems to in, get in, inflamed and infected and all kinds of stuff, have all kinds of problems with it. And that's what we're going to start seeing when they start rolling these out in kids, you know, five years and up. Uh, it's and shame on the parents that are stupid enough to allow their children to be injected with these things. You know, it's just, you know, very scary to see what's going to happen, but we're going to start, it'll probably, they'll roll it out slowly. Uh, and the way, the way things it looks, you know, from what we've seen with the people who, um, the doctors that are laying their hands on, uh, vials of this stuff and analyzing it is roughly 30% of the of these vials are nothing more than saline solution. So a third of the people that are rolling up their sleeve are getting a placebo because if they all got the real McCoy, there would be many, 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 many more um, adverse events. And uh, we're, we're in the hundreds of thousands probably that have died so far within days of taking these injections, not to mention all the people that have had the the vast nasty uh, side effects um, and that's what I'm going to get into now there is uh, uh, testimony going on or, or took place um, Senator uh, Ron Johnson um, uh, from I think he's from is he Minnesota or Montana doesn't say in here it's from one of those states up there Wisconsin somewhere in that general area and uh, he's been, you know, he's a physician himself and has been uh, bringing people in to speak to a congressional committee regarding their, what they've had happen to them as a result of these injections. And one of the first ones is um, uh, Brianne Dressen, who is an AstraZeneca clinical trial uh, participant in Utah. 
and uh, I'm going to play her stuff right now here. Here we go. Okay, I'm being told that uh, we're not getting any sound, and I'm trying to figure out why that is. The thing I'm playing is really good, and I want to make sure everybody has a chance to hear it. <laughs> My apologies. Um, let me see what's going on here. Feed to Skype. That's interesting. Everything should be going through. Huh. Well, goodness. Hate when that happens. But um, let me make sure I have the thing setting in Skype right here. It may have changed. Yep, that's what happened. That should fix it. Okay, my apologies. Let me start this again. And somebody in the chat, if you can, let me verify that it's coming through okay now. Thank you, Senator Johnson. And it is truly an honor to be able to sit here with you and for you to. It's just been incredible to see how you've dedicated yourself, you know, amongst against all the odds and the pressure to back away from the truth and to silence us like everybody else. And so we really, really appreciate you being willing to stand with us and fight with us. So my name is Brianne Dressen and most of you have never heard of me and most likely have never heard of most of us here. Um, we're just everyday Americans. We are Republicans, we're Democrats, Libertarians, Independents. For us, this is not political. This is a human issue. We're here to tell our stories, ones largely ignored and silenced, and we hope that you listen and we hope that you ask questions. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm a, I'm a preschool teacher. Um, I suffered a life altering reaction to my COVID vaccine on November 4th, 2020, almost a year ago to this day. I suffered a cascade of neurological systems that persisted for months. And while my life has improved, I still feel like I'm being electrocuted 24 seven. For the first several months, I was totally alone. I kept my symptoms and my story completely to myself. I thought that this was an isolated incident. But in the spring, I started finding more and more like me. And before we knew it, there were thousands of us, all of us unable to receive medical care, recognition, either from the drug companies, the CDC, the FDA. We all suffered the same constellation of symptoms which is very strange. It's a brand new disease. Nobody knew anything about this. We had it happen with all of the brands. Over 70% of us had had no previous existing health condition. Over 94% of us have not had any problem with any previous vaccine. 98% of us have had all of our previous vaccines the vast majority of us, even having our flu vaccines, we are not anti-vax. Also, because the CDC and FDA continued to ignore our pleas, our, beg our begging, we decided we needed to act. 
because we started to see this happen to kids like Maddie. So from our sick beds, we sprang into action. We reached out to our elected representatives, both blue and red. We reached out to the COVID committee. We reached out to all of the representatives on the health and education committee. If you have an elected representative in your state, they have heard from us. We also have been to the NIH. I myself was one of those lucky few to be able to go. We participated in studies across the country with very well accomplished academics from well um, participated in studies from across the country reputable uh, research institutions. Well accomplished. None of them can get their research published. They go journal after journal after journal being turned down one after the next after the next. We then reached out to the media being repeatedly told that we can't make the vaccines look bad. We reached out to our major health organizations like the AMA. We reached out to our state health boards, our state health departments, all of them persisting in the narrative that if this was really happening, the CDC and the FDA would have said so. We are completely on our own. All we have is each other. We've been branded as anti-vax. Misinformation, 24 hours after Senator Johnson hosted our last conference, we had our Facebook support groups pulled apart. I lost contact with eight actively suicidal people just like that. So after months of isolation, aggressive suppression, we began to connect with others, compassionate and concerned citizens, academics, physicians. They see the harms and they see what is happening to the injured and the lack of transparency in the race to vaccinate the world. We need the CDC to acknowledge us a very simple act would change everything for the sick and suffering. We also need to just begin the conversation. This will lead to real healing for the injured, for appropriate and objective review of the science to establish an environment for open dialogue. So ultimately we will be able to make rational and fully informed policies and decisions. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to turn the time over to Dr. Wastilla. Okay, and there is, for lack of timing, I'm not going to play Dr. Wastilla. She got a lot of good stuff, but her testimony is a little on the long side. Um, and I'm going to go to a gentleman by the name of Cody Flint, commercial pilot. Here we go. Good morning, and thank you, Senator Johnson, for this opportunity. My name is Cody Flint. I'm a 33-year-old husband and a father of two young boys. I'm an agricultural pilot by profession with over 10,000 total flight hours. I have been very healthy my whole life with no underlying conditions. I received my first dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine on February 1st. 
Within 30 minutes, I developed a severe stabbing headache that later became a burning sensation in the back of my neck. Two days after vaccination, I got, my got in my airplane to do a job that would take only a few hours. Immediately after taking off, I knew something was not right with me. I was starting to develop tunnel vision and my headache was getting worse. Approximately two hours into my flying, I pulled my airplane up to turn around and felt an extreme burst of pressure in my ears. Instantly, I was nearly blacked out, dizzy, disoriented, nauseous, and shaking uncontrollably. By the grace of God, I was able to land my plane without incident, although I do not remember doing this. My initial diagnosis of vertigo and a severe panic attack, although I've never had a history of either of these, was later replaced with left and right paralymphatic fistulas, eustachian tube dysfunction, and elevated intracranial pressure due to brain swelling. My condition continu continued to decline, and my doctors told me only an adverse reaction to the vaccine or a major head trauma could have caused this much spontaneous damage. I've had six spinal taps over eight months to monitor my intracranial pressure and two surgeries eight weeks apart to repair the fistulas. I have missed nearly an entire year of my life and part of my children's lives. Days of baseball games, playing in the backyard, and just picking up my kids to hug them have been replaced with being trapped in a sick body, doctor visits, invasive procedures, and more questions than answers. I don't know if I'll ever be able to fly an airplane again. This vaccine has taken my career from me and the future I have worked so hard to build. I have used all of my savings to pay medical bills and just to be able to survive. My family and I are on the verge of losing everything we have. I was and still am pro-science and pro-vaccine. The main issue rests squarely on the fact that the FDA, CDC, and NIH refuse to acknowledge that real lives are being absolutely destroyed by this vaccine. The federal government has yet to help a single one of the vaccine injured. It was my understanding that the federal government accepted the responsibility of helping people injured by this vaccine, considering they gave the vaccine manufacturers full legal immunity from people like me. The government has left us nowhere to turn for help. My family and I masked up, stayed indoors, and dodged COVID for over a year. We did what was asked of us by being part of the solution. That solution has taken everything from me and my family. We have been ignored and silenced. It is not right and it needs to stop now. It is time for the federal government to do its part by acknowledging us and helping us. Does anyone really think it's fair to make the vaccine injured wait years for help? I think we can all agree that refusing and or delaying the help we need is unconscionable. We urgently need this help. Thank you. All right, and lastly, I don't know if we're going to have time to do the whole thing. Uh, where did it go? Uh, Ernest Ramirez, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm from Edinburgh, Texas. Um, excuse me. I was a father of a 16-year-old son. Single parent. I raised my boy since he was a baby. He meant the world to me. I got the vaccine to protect my son. And uh, after in March, April, 
Now announcing this out, it was safe for teenagers. Me and my son have never been apart. We're always together. He was my best friend. I always told him it was me and you against the world. He was a good, he, he, at the age of seven, he wanted to play baseball. So I ended up coaching the league baseball for seven years. He was a, a heck of a baseball player. Then he was telling me he, he wanted to join the Air Force. So I said, good, that's good. I'll back you up on anything you want to do. He joined ROTC in high school. He was always full of smiles. Anybody that knew my son would see he was happy. Uh, I wasn't rich, but I gave him everything he wanted. We didn't lack for anything. We used to go fishing, camping, do everything. We got the Pfizer vaccine because I thought it was to protect him. I thought it was the right thing to do. It was like playing Russian roulette. My government lied to me. They said it was safe. Now I go home to an empty house. Where I used to get, wake him up, I'd give him a hug and a kiss. Tell him I'm going to school. Don't miss school. I'd get home from work. He'd come running out. He knew when I'd get home, he'd come running out, give me a hug. I give him a kiss, a hug. What do you want to go eat today? Like I said, he, he was my baby boy. Everybody knew. We're always together. Like I said, next week is his birthday. You know where I better celebrate his birthday at? While everybody, once we leave here, they're going to forget about what we're doing or what they talk about, what we said here. They're going to be enjoying time with their family and kids. Thanksgiving, I'm going to spend at the cemetery. Christmas at that cemetery. They need to quit pushing this on their children. I'm, I lost mine. Y'all need to protect yours. They're, they're they're trying to target the five to 12 year olds. We're gonna have more deaths in our hands than they planned. And they say, it's worth the risk. It wasn't worth the risk to me. Okay, I'm gonna stop it there since we're almost out of time. This poor man. This whole this last couple of minutes has summed up everything. What has been done to the people of this country and the people of this world by Anthony Fauci, World Health Organization, Tedros, Bill Gates, all these other criminals. Like Unplug said in the chat, stop the insanity. 
you know, if you you should not have to request or demand a religious exemption, but by all means do it, because like I said, when the government is right, it, it's dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. And they are criminally wrong. Joe Biden is a lying POS. And so is all the people in his abomination of an administration, the COVID death cult, the federal death administration, all of these people that are pushing these toxic bioweapons as alleged vaccines. Just the little bit you've heard today in this poor Mr. Ramirez, my heart goes out to him. Don't comply. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. You must stand and fight. The time will come when we're going to have to really fight. But for the time being, we should be at least standing and saying no collectively. So hopefully you got something out of today. Sorry to end on such a sad note, but people need to hear this stuff. Play this for people that don't believe that what we're saying is accurate. But we are out of time. I... Uh, I will be on vacation for the next week, so next Thursday will be a replay, um, but we'll be back the week after, and uh, we ask you to just take care of your body because it's the only place you have to